Welcome to the Korean American Parenting Podcast, where we share the idiosyncrasies, struggles, joys, and pains of being a Korean American parent, not just Korean or American, navigating the unique cross-cultural challenges of parenthood. I'm Jerry. And I'm Jang. Join us each week as we chat with fellow parents and parenting experts about topics like academics, health, both physical and mental, and culture. And of course, how current events such as COVID has impacted all our lives in numerous ways. Our hope is that through these conversations, we'll grow together as confident Korean American parents, raising confident Korean American children. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Korean American Parenting. And be sure to share this with a fellow parent if you find the show helpful. Thanks again for tuning in. And here now is this week's episode. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Welcome to Korean American Parenting and to Jang and to Kyunghwa and to our moms and to all the other moms out there or those who play the motherly role in your relationships. Happy Mother's Day. It is going to be, we're not recording this live, but uh, this is Sunday, May 9th. And so uh, really, however you're celebrating today, um, for those of us uh, who are lucky enough to still have our mothers in our lives, um, happy Mother's Day. Um, and hope, hope that you're spending it in a way that is, um, you know, whatever it means. I think, you know, these capitalistic holidays are a little bit funny. Um, in Korea, we all grew up with just like one parent's day, right? Um, and then which, we come to America and we're to like... Which happens to be uh, on the same weekend. Same day, yeah. right. And then, you know, I don't know. I guess American capitalism says, yeah, dads spend money twice. Um, <laughs> and so, I don't know. It, it is what it is. But yeah, happy Mother's Day. I, you know, it is... Every day should be Mother's Day. Um, it's often a day where flowers are expensive and you can't go get a brunch reservation anywhere. But um, we're going to talk about moms today. We're going to share a little bit, um, hopefully, a, a few stories about our own mothers. And um, uh, and then at least, obviously, I'm not a mom. But uh, <laughs> talk about how we have changed the way that we view motherhood and hopefully and, and how that uh, changes. So anyway, Jang, happy Mother's Day to you. Yay, thank you. Um... It just feels weird when it when 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 um I say mother Mother's Day and then think about oh I'm also a mom I should be celebrated <laughs> yeah because um, actually in my household we don't really do anything special <laughs> for Mother's Day um for me at least how how are you guys doing anything we are not to, doing to anything do? for at least for our family um you know um I guess every day is Mother's Day. <laughs> Um, I am lucky. Um, I specifically remember last year, I was like, oh, I didn't get anything for Mother's Day. But then I realized, um, you know, for Mother's Day, most American moms get their breakfast ready by their kids and husband and, you know, um, you know, breakfast in bed and whatnot. But um, I am very fortunate. Um, I get my breakfast done by my husband every day. 365 days a week here. So, so I'm just going to focus on that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Kyungwa has to work this Sunday. Or, or oh, she, no. But, you know, she works every other weekend. And so, you know, um, it is luck of the draw or however the even mm-hmm. odd numbers work. Um, but next weekend is my birthday. So she's not working on my birthday, which is, I guess you have to choose because um, it's the first Sunday, right? So, um, in any case, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's really nice to, uh, I mean, every day should be Mother's Day, number one. And I think 
uh, one of the things that uh, obviously me just from the perspective of, of a son, not as a mother, um, you know, that bond and that sort of gratitude really doesn't change. It's really hard to change regardless of how challenging or um, how many misunderstandings there are between the two parties. And, um, you know, I think for, for those of us who choose to get married, you pick up another mother and you have your spouse's mother who sort of also plays that motherly role. And so, you know, um, it is, I think, really interesting to learn and to observe and to hear and share stories about how uh, different mothers parent and how uh, they define motherhood, uh, particularly within sort of the Korean American context. And also, obviously, now us being parents, uh, at least you and I, of tiny people, just sort of what do we learn from them? What do we learn from them not to do and how we want to evolve away from that. So yeah, I guess how was your, how was the first time that you celebrated Mother's Day and was there anything that changed? Cause you're right. We, we celebrate Mother's Day. Um, and then for our moms or our, our wives or our partners who are moms, there's a point where you're like, Oh crap, this is my first time being celebrated. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess he, your, your kid wasn't old enough to do anything, but like, how did, how does that, how was that process or progress for you? Well, you know, I think, um, she's not four. Now that she's four, maybe we should start like actually celebrating it uh, a little bit more elaborately so that she understand what these days are. Cause we, uh, my husband and I tend to kind of not celebrate anything much, um, including holidays and, um, birthdays and whatnot. Um, so yeah, over the past, three years um, that I've been a mom, um, I ha we haven't really done anything uh, special. Um, but it, it has always been a day where I um, do get a little bit sentimental and reflective of um, my own mom and also my mother-in-law and mother figures in my, in my uh, life. Um, but also ever since being a mom myself, it also, makes me think a lot about, you know, my own motherhood um, and also like my position on it, I think, if that makes sense. Um, say, say more about that. What, what is the position on it? I definitely had a very non-traditional mother because um, she was an OBGYN um, and well, she is still an OBGYN in Korea. And so she's always worked um, very busy. Um, really, a lot of times was, uh, not existent in my childhood in some some ways, um, but but she's also a traditional mom in the sense that she gave everything for um, to her children, right? She worked and sacrificed um, um, herself um, so that we can be better and we can grow to be uh, able to work to our potential, and so. Over the years, when I, until even after I got married, I don't think I wanted to have children because of the fear that I would have to be that mother <laughs> that gives everything and sacrifice everything. And I don't think I would, I, I always would say like, I don't have it in me to be able to do that. Um, um, but now that I have a child, um, I'm very deliberate about, well, number one, not being that person. Um, and it is very mixed feelings because that's the love that I received. But at the same time, I, I don't know if it was, and I benefited so much out of it, but I want 
to be a mom who actually preserves parts of me um, while being a mom um, and, and maybe not go the same way that my mom did. Um, and that's, that's like with a lot of mixed feelings. Thanks for sharing. I, I think what the, the questions that I had as you were sharing was who gets to define what sacrifice for your kids mean? And I think for, for a lot of us, um, we didn't agree, you know, um, it's just sort of, I know a lot of parents had to sacrifice, um, professionally and, and financially for, to give us the lives that we wanted. But I often wonder like who decided that for them, right? Like, you know, like in your case, right? Like you, she sent you to study here, which costs a lot of money. And so from her perspective, it's, you know, I'm providing financial support for what I believe to be better outcome given whatever other people's stories. And was that the best way that you wanted to receive the motherly love, right? Like, cause I often think about the same way about my mom, right? Like she didn't uh, work. It was just me taking care of my brother and me. And I mean, that's just sort of almost got to be her only identity where uh, I think I share this on the show. Like I went to college a year early. Uh, my brother's a year older, but I, I skipped senior year of high school. And so we left home at the same summer. And so her world was rocked because she went from being super busy and for 17 years, like her only identity for 18 years, her only identity being a mom into, holy shit, both of these guys are gone. And we weren't far, right? She she lived in next door to Fullerton and I was at SC and, and my brother Jay was at But UCLA. you were out of the house. Right. And so I, you know, I, I, I don't think she under, at least from, from my perspective and who knows, it was 20 years ago. Um, my memory of it is, is very different, but I think she was having a very hard time of trying to find a new identity of what it meant to be just her because she swung the other way where it was just all sacrifice and all her entire love language was just, I need to take care of my two sons. And so in either case, I think there's a tremendous amount of pride based on what they feel like they were responsible for in the path of our academic or professional achievements. But, you know, I, I think this is sort of the, you should ask the person who you're sacrificing for how they want to be sacrificed for, right? Whether Well, you know, I think, I think we have, we have the luxury to be able to think about it. <laughs> of course, because back when our parents, when when they were brought up by our grandparents who mm -hmm. were born into occupation and had to deal with the war, I, I get it. And, and so, and I'm not complaining about anything. I just think, but that's also evolution, right? Like, and so for us, because I see so many other parents repeating the same thing and, and saying things like, I sacrifice so much for my kids. Why won't they be grateful? Or, you know, all these things that are just like, yeah, but you know, we were on the other side of that. Why do you want to repeat cycle? Why don't don't you want to break the cycle and like do what you want your kids to do? Because when you also talk to kids, and obviously our kids are super young, but when you talk to the teenagers, they're super stressed, right? Like they're not receiving their parents' love and sacrifice the same way because they don't really care, right? Like they're very stressed, especially through COVID. And so I don't know. I, I think when we think when we think about motherly sacrifice and sort of what that means, 
it is a balance, right? Because uh, finances and and monetary support and access to things very important, um, but also spending time is very important. Can you do both a hundred percent? Not everybody can. That's also a privilege, and that's you know a different sort of conversation. But uh, yeah, I just think it's when I, when I think about uh, the way that my mom showed me love and continues to show me love versus the way that I want, even as a dad, like or as parents in general, the way that I want to show my kids love. It's not the same. And, and I think that also leads to a little bit of conflict when, um, you know, thank God for the last year, we haven't had too much grandparent interaction. But, you know, before that, or I'm sure in the very near future, just the conflict of, you know, I raised you this way and you turned out okay. And why, you know, why is it different, right? And so um, I, I don't necessarily have a conclusion to this thought, but, you know, I just think it's really fascinating and our, I don't know, our, our perspectives on parenting are evolving too, but just the way that our parents' generation define motherhood and sacrifice, very different than I think that we're trying to redefine it or define it for the first time. I think part of it is we're at a crossroads of multiple things, like, right, um, I think our generation, especially moms our age, my age, um, I think it's about, you know, um, the redefinition of motherhood, but also um, definition of womanhood. I think is very different than before. And and also, in addition, um, a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners, and me included, I think we're also at a, um, at a place where cross-cultural definition of who we are um, also goes into there. And so um, there's a lot of like shifting perspectives. You know, uh, I think um, because my, our parents and my our moms have really been the traditional roles of like what people thought was motherhood um and and i think a lot of girlfriends that i grew up with are um, raised to be um, independent women right um, um but at the same time um as i get older and go into more of workforce and um, i get married and have children um um, sometimes it's very crushing because you want to have it all, right? It's not just having the children and having that goal, but um, I think we're raised to want more um, and ask for more, but at the same, same time, sometimes it's impossible. Um, one of my uh, mentors um, throughout my training um, who, you know, was in her 60s and she's had children and she's ha had her career and said, you know, you can, as a woman, you can have it all, just not all at the same time, right? Um, and so, uh, and so I, to me, that was actually really telling that um, you have to adjust your views, right? Um, and you're talking about how do you balance like working and finances and spending time and, you know, the seasons, your life has seasons. And for me right now in my season, I have, I am a young mom, but at the same time, I do have older moms uh, who are aging. And, and so we're in the middle of that and trying to juggle so many things in life. Um, and to me, like modern motherhood, um, especially Asian um, American <laughs> motherhood is about like, just juggling like 500 balls in the air and wow. making sure that, you know, all of them don't, none of them fall. Um, and, and so in the way, uh, maybe that is the balance we're trying to make. I think another thing that 
certainly um, just colloquially, I think we, we point to within our uh, Korean and Korean American community is just this sense of never ending comparisons and FOMO and trying to keep up with everybody. And, uh, and as a result, people feeling uh, woefully inadequate on, on both sides of parents feeling like they're not providing enough and children feeling like they're not living up to certain expectations enough. Um, how do we break that? I mean, there, there's no easy way. Um, how, how do we break that? Well, I think it's um, layers of things, right? I think um, it, today I was um, in a lecture just today um, about, you know, what is this, um, what is the meaning of success, right? And there's, what are the measures of success in different uh, cultures? And one of them is the task. So in, in Western culture, self-actualization, right? Like, um, um, you know, using your talents and your um, passion to do the work that it benefits others and you is the uh, highest form of like success and self-actualization. But, but in the Eastern culture, um, also social norm um, and the success in terms of societal view is also really important. And so that might not be at, um, matching with your self-actualization, but at the same time, like um, in a totally Eastern Eastern uh, culture, that may be something um, that like the job or the position that fits into the social norm success can give people happiness. The problem with us is that we're kind of one foot on one hand and uh, you know one side and one the other foot and the other so that now we're like in in a conflict of like which one actually is the right one and how do i go about it so you, you know you're talking about comparing with others um how, you know um a lot of my um people that i meet including my clients talk about well i want to make sure that my parents can brag about me right they want to be they want to be i they want to have a success where parents can you know talk to their friends about like, oh, my daughter did this and so and so, right, or went to IB schools. And, 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 you know, that's part of the society, too. So how do we change that is, a, I mean, that's a big question. I think number one is, um, we can start by looking at what we really, really want, and what makes you happy. And it may be that you want your parents to be proud of you in that way. And that's fine. But it's very individual. Um, journey where you're going to have to find the right balance. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I think about it a lot because it, it's toxic. I, I consider it toxic because not even from a parenting perspective, I think our culture in general and our community in general just, um, I, I think it's worse in Korea because I think here we, we have a little bit of the American individualism, as you said, um, but it really leaves people feeling always inadequate because there's always somebody with more, um, you know, at least from a tangible perspective, you know, better, bigger, more expensive, something or another, or, you know, better achievements and things like that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I remember there were times where um, my mom would feel bad that she couldn't do certain things for us mm. because money was the challenge, right? And for her, that's the way that she thought, whether it was internalized or society had told her that a good parent should be able to afford X, Y, Z for your kids. And when she, and, and times in our, you know, growing up when she couldn't, 
And even now as a grandmother, she's like, God, I want to do so much for your kids, but I can't like who put that idea that, you know, gifting and things and, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, what do you, what do you, how do you respond to that, Jerry, when your mom says that to you? I mean, now it's different, right? Because now I'm older and I'm the parent too, you know, but even back then, I think it's like, I don't care. Like this doesn't change anything, right? I don't need to go. Instead of like um, being a little bit upset about it, can do you ever tell her like, you know, like what you're giving me right now is enough? Yeah, I, I, I say like that shouldn't define like, why do you care? Like, who you know, and of course, like my mom and I are very similar in personality. So we, we butt heads a lot. Um, but like, why does it matter? Right? Like, why, why should it matter that that's how like, I'm not going to be any worse off because I, I didn't get to go to that summer camp or, you know, have access to something or, you know, like, but do you see the difference between why do you care? Versus like, mom, it's okay. I, I yeah. love it. You know, like, I love what you've given me so far. I think that that's the difference. maybe. Yeah. And, and trust me, regardless of what is said, the way that I say it to my mom probably comes off just equally as, as, uh, as hostile. Um, <laughs> but you know, that, that's, you know, that's, that's my mom and me. Uh, it, it is really fascinating. I think also to, have become a dad in the last four and a half years. And um, of course, you know, my mom always used to uh, threaten me with two things when I, when I was growing up, which was you're going to have a kid worse than you. Uh, <laughs> and if you think I'm bad, you're going to marry somebody who worse than me. No, and neither are true. Uh, <laughs> neither are true. But you know, it's just, I mean, that's sort of the relationship that we have where it was just very, blunt and you know Mm -hmm. uh, feelings were hurt quite often and a lot of things were said um you know but uh yeah you know i I think that's sort of um it's also i guess a little bit different because maybe because we moved here and maybe because we grew up here there was a little bit of less um expectation to be a certain uh archetype of mom um I don't know how familiar people who are listening to the show or, um, you know, familiar with, with neighborhoods in Korea, but you know, our, our family was, was pretty, uh, I guess on our way to being a very stereotypical Aquajung family, uh, cause we lived there and, um, based on what my father did and, you know, some of the privileges that we had. And so I still remember back then as I went to up to second grade in Korea, like just everything had to be this formula, but the formula kept changing. And I think that's where it sort of became my mom felt like she needed to keep up with everything and everybody, Um, you know, but I I think, you know, then I think that's where she turned a lot of her love language into, okay, then I'm going to do things for my kids. Right. And so, um, you know, for those of you who are familiar with uh, living in New York city, uh, we lived in Bayside and, and Flushing when I was in high school. And oftentimes until we figured out the bus system, like the expectation was that she would drive us over the bridge to the, into the Bronx to go to school. New York city parents don't do that. My, my, you know, my, my friends thought like, that's why, 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 why is your mom driving you to school? Um, but she did that so that we could sleep in the car so that we could be warm, that we could be rested. And while she's getting up at six, you know, going out to start the car engine so that the car warms up when it's 10 degrees outside. 
And so, you know, I, I don't ever doubt that my mom loves me and, and just the way that I think sometimes the expression is, again, there's the, the, uh, the giver of the love language and then the recipient of the love language, and there's often a, a disconnect, right? Um, and so, anyway, I, I think, you know, I, I think about how that communication was given to me, how I received it, how that also evolved as I've grown older, become a, a parent myself, and then ultimately thinking how I want to uh, take care of my kids and be there as a support system for Kyungwa and making sure that they have healthy relationships, you know? And so, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it is really, again, I, I consider myself extremely lucky. I consider myself extremely loved and, um, you know, she's, uh, relatively healthy and, and still, you know, around and, um, you know, they're coming back from, uh, seeing my brother and, and Sonny, uh, who's obviously you, been on this show before. Uh, are you next doing weekend. anything and, for your mom? No, no, she's coming back after Mother's Day. Um, we, oh. we sent her flowers. Um, uh, we, we sent her flowers. You didn't um, send her money? No, 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 no money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I don't, yeah. She's very, uh, she knows what she likes. And so, yeah. Uh, I, I learned a long time ago not to buy her stuff. Because, <laughs> so, like, so you learned. Mm -hmm. no, she she returned it and she's like is it cool if i return it and i was like well no, i'll just skip that middleman system next time and just like you know tell me where you want to go um but yeah uh how, how about you like are there things i guess and you know i, I didn't really i talked about my mom and um uh, didn't really talk about sort of the the mother-in-law dynamics and that's also very different um and i guess different families have different closeness of mothers and mothers-in-laws and i mean i have some friends who uh like the mothers-in-law are like best friends and that's not everybody and i think especially as our community evolves and we have uh multiracial families and language challenges and cultural differences like that's also different um but yeah how, how are you know how, how do you i guess uh i don't know um and any stories you want to share or anything that like sort of comes to mind? Well, uh, I will share a funny story. So um, I, I am pretty close with my mother-in-law and she's uh, as far as mother-in-law school, I, I think she's like up there with A plus, A plus. Um, but um, this year <laughs> she texted me last week. So a um, couple of days, uh, you know, a week before uh, Mother's Day and her text was, you don't need to send flowers because on my Mother's Day, I'll be going on a trip uh, with my girlfriend. And I thought it was really funny because, um, you know, I'm a very nunchokta. <laughs> so I just thought she was funny, but, oh, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about flowers yet. Um, and I laughed it off with my husband. He also said, oh, my mom's so funny. And then I shared the story with a couple of my Korean American <laughs> friends. And they're like, oh, dang, this means she would like some money to be sent over. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's like a light bulb moment, right? And so I did um, ask my husband to wire some money. And as soon as the money went um, into the <laughs> bank, she texted us saying, oh, thank you. I will um, use that to have some dinner, nice dinner with my friends. And I was like, wow, she, she really expected it. Um, and so, well, number one, I learned the Korean way <laughs> of talking that I did not realize 
um, of, of, you know, not quite directly asking for things, but, you know, insinuating. But also, um, I think, you know, I, I, I thought it was actually really funny, um, but my, my um, cute on my mother-in-law's uh, point of view, um, that she's able to do that and she you know she's asking for what she wants right um, and um, I think in a way like my mother in light embodies like kind of a woman that I would like to be that um, that she you know she navigates the social scene very well but also owns up to what she needs or wants um, in life um, so <laughs> that was my funny story and learning point that I need to learn that for moms cold cash, cart cold cash is the best. Um, I did, uh, after that episode, I did call my mother and I've been sending her flowers in Korea every year. And she, I asked her, this is what happened with my mother-in-law. Do you want money? And she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, that, that brings up, I think, a, a topic that we can probably talk about for a while, which I think is they really, and I don't want to just generalize, I, I think it's a generalization that a lot of Korean parents of that generation really see their own, what they see in the ch success of their children personify, personify through gifts of material goods, right? Uh, money, buying them things, sending them on vacations as a chip on their shoulder or sort of their own pride of, I educated them well enough so that they have these things. And now it's coming back full circle. Although I do think that that's quite dangerous because again, I think um, doing it so you can brag to your friends or sort of, you know, your parents wanting some things, they, them wanting you to be things or them, they, what am I trying to say? Like that becomes sort of the guiding principle of why they want you to do certain things or why they want you to give them certain things. Right, which is sort of um, to to not brag, but like it, it's hard because I think for them it's such a matter of pride of like I contributed to this per my kid's success, but from our perspective or from the kid's perspective, it's why do you care, right? Like why? You know, I, I you know I think that question I think I stopped questioning that because it is their way of showing love, right, and and showing that they are proud of us. Um, you know, in, when I was younger, I was like, well, why can't they just tell me that they're part of me, right? But they never do that. But the fact that they're able to share that with their friends in a way that they know how um, to me, um, and they're not going to change. Um, so we have to accept the way they are and love them the way they are. Um, I think to me, that's the most important thing. And, and you know, on this Mother's Day, I, I do think that... Um, we want we want to be mindful of what my mom or our moms want and and be able to give them that love. I think that's that's the bottom line for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm. That's just my you know personal perspective, right? And obviously, things that I dealt with where I felt very frustrated, like why do you care, and why should I care about so and so's your your church friend's kid because again when they come back home and saying like oh you know so and so's mom so and so did something for their mom like you want me to do the same thing like is that and you know and, and that's where i get a little bit or that's where i used to get a little bit like maybe not annoyed but um you know is really like 
that's not the love language that I want, right? Like me buying that's you the love, certain... That's the love language that they want. Remember I, that. I understand that. And this is why it's, you know, I, I have, I get it, right? Um, but, you know, and then I think, again, maybe for, for a different topic or a different a topic for a different time, but just sort of the expectation of gifting becomes very interesting in our culture and community where it's like people judge you and especially in the last year, while people, many people were going through uh, different financial challenges through COVID, certain expectations did not change in terms of, you know, worthiness of gifts and really tied to a financial amount that presents hardship for some younger families because they want to go somewhere and wear something or carry something or to say that they stayed in certain, you know, destinations to say, this is how much my kid loves me and to tie that to a number, I think, is just that I don't agree with, even though that's the way that you want. Maybe certain people want to receive their love language or to receive love from their kids. I think that's really, really unfortunate because not everybody has the ability to nor wants to spend their time making as much money as humanly possible to do that. Because as we sort of alluded to earlier, on the on the other side of that is... Um, a lot of sacrifice. On this day of Mother's Day, I do hope that every all the listening mothers get their breakfast um, made for you and um, have have some time to actually be kids free and husband free for a little bit. I'm sure that is something that's very needed for a lot of a lot of us. Um, and also um, have a good. Um, time with their loved ones. I think that's all we want on that day. Yeah, I, like I said, I think it's a different way to celebrate Mother's Day this year because of COVID. You've probably seen, you, you've been with your immediate family for every single day, but you probably have not seen your own mother, um, you know, for, for whatever it's worth, um, whether they live down the street or live on the other side of the world. It has not been an easy time. Um, and I'm sure that many people's relationship with their mothers have evolved um, in, in potentially good or bad or even neutral ways, just change the dynamics of communication, um, how often you see and how you communicate and what things are said and what things left are unsaid. So even if you haven't, even if it, you know, however it means for you guys, I, I think we've talked about sort of different love languages, um, but do something nice for your mom and and for all the, uh, the husbands out there, um, you know, whatever she likes, um, whatever you and the kids want to do, uh, do something nice. And, you know, I, I am guilty of this myself. I think it's not one day and then you forget about it the other 364 days out of the year, right? It's, you know, how are you? How am I living my life? How am I providing? How am I, you know, um, just doing things every day that really means that you don't have to celebrate Mother's Day because every day should be a Mother's Day. Every day should be Father's Day. Every day should be Children's Day. Um, Oh yeah, happy belated Orinina to all the little kids out there too. Um, May's like a big holiday. I don't know. May June is like all the family holidays, and my birthday, Kenwa's birthday, my brother, my um, mom, Sunny. Wow. Uh, every yeah, every everybody except Grandpa and the grandkids. <laughs> we all sort of fall <laughs> within this bucket. Um, but folks, as always, uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, if you are going out and about to eat, have brunch, have dinner, please, please, please be careful. Um, it's not over yet. Um, if you living in a social media bubble, 
uh, Google for a second what's happening in India and really uh, care about other people in this universe as well. So um, please be well, please be safe. Reach out to us if you want to chat. We're always here. Um, and let us know whether through you know Instagram or email or any way possible what you think about this new format. Um, this really is has been a different way to share our thoughts and share a little bit of our stories and our perspectives with you perspectives with you all. Um, but if you're missing guests, let us know. If you think this is great, let us know. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got some exciting things in the pipeline to share with you in the coming weeks and coming months. And so um, stay tuned. And thank you so much for listening, first and foremost. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. And we will see you next week. Bye.